2: and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at Amazon.com/slash Instant Eraser Foundation.
1: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number six ninety. So let's go to the Nerdist Community corkboard. I have a thing. Ooh, my friend Barry McLaughlin uh, has a Kickstarter that has about two days left, um, and they they were they're trying to kickstart this thing called Game Night in a Can. So it's essentially a can. Uh, full of stuff that will create an instant game night.
0: Well, then you better let it out. Yeah, yeah, you
1: better let it out. Um, they're trying to raise $20,000, and right now they're at 18700 so, so close. 1300 bucks away for the last two days to uh, realize they're a nerdy game night in a can. Oh, you and, guys should do that. And you, you should go do that right now. Just go to Kickstarter and type in game night in a
0: can. Ooh. It's the game night in a can. That sounds like a good time. What you got, Kyle? Uh, I got a graphic novel that I'm real stoked about. Uh, uh, an artist from Portland named Ibrahim Mustafa is the artist who did a comic called High Crimes. Uh, It was a digital comic that Dark Horse is putting out. It comes out July 8th, and is about a disgraced Olympic snowboarder who gets into grave robbing. That's That's, my new favorite logline for anything. That's fantastic. How cool does that sound? So I'm totally going to go pick this up. I've been really excited about it ever since I read it. It sounds super cool. And also potential career options. Yeah. Both (laughs) things that I've aspired to at different points in life. Katie? Yeah, I want to plug this really cool coffee company called Grounds and Hounds, and every pound of coffee they it's sell- made with dog. It saves a dog, oh. not made with dog. The opposite. <laughs> it's always weird. I took a sip from this product, and I was like, oh, it needs more dog. <laughs> not dog enough. Not dog not enough. Not dog enough. But uh, yeah, it's really cool, and they work with a bunch of different charities, and if you go to groundsandhoundscoffee.com, uh, you can check it out. And the coffee's really good, too, so, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. It's uh, it's mellow and not rough. I'm not oh proud God. of it. You proud son of, of a <laughs> bitch. You grave-robbing <laughs> son of a bitch. If I had a nickel for every time I've been called that. <laughs>
1: uh, this episode is Chris Pratt and Colin Trevorrow. Colin directed Jurassic World, which is... Uh, he did a pretty uh, good job with that. <laughs> yeah. Now, Holy
0: fuck, that movie's good. I mean, it just made a half oh a billion God. dollars in the weekend. It's everything, like... Eleven-year-old me is just like, finally, the movie I've always wanted. My favorite thing about the movie,
1: and this isn't giving away too much, is that it's it's it very cleverly ties in to the Jurassic Park of it all in a way that makes sense. Like, I love that it that it's a consistent. And I didn't, I hadn't seen the movie. I was seeing the movie that night. I hadn't seen the movie when these guys came on. Um, and so it. Uh, They cleverly tie in a way that makes it like, oh, this is all part of the same universe. And it's not just, it's not a redo. It is, it is, it makes sense in the timeline of when Jurassic Park came out. Which is crazy because so
0: rarely do sequels work the timeline to their advantage. This one does such a great job. Yeah. My two favorite things. One, the production design on this movie is amazing. It looks like a real theme park. As a theme park. Cradle the timeline and work the chef. It's (laughs) insane. It does look like a theme park. Fun fact. There's a, a scene where people are running away. Somebody grabs a margarita from the Margaritaville yeah. That's there. It's Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett, Buffett has a Jimmy Buffett. saying Jimmy Buffett, really?
1: sang. Jimmy Buffett really like sang at the after party at the Did premiere. He really? They set up a Margaritaville and Jimmy Buffett sang. That, that was my favorite thing. Was just like I think it's Jimmy Buffett running by. <laughs> so I do. There was one moment in the podcast that I want to uh, uh, like sort of pre like pre apologize for because. I was talking to or I was talking to Chris Pratt about like one of the things I think is so great about him is that he's the best. He's the best and he's ever. really funny and he's a leading he's a leading man that I can get behind because he's he feels he feel, him. all right. He feels like uh, <laughs> don't try to rob his grave, and uh, but but he's a he's he's a very human, and so I said you know what I was saying was uh, you know d- guys like Joss Whedon and James Gunn and Sam Raimi. Uh, have managed to take the that like the action star and and humanize it. we can and of add course, one more person. Colin to that, Trevorrow was more. sitting right there, and then he was like, "Hey, bro." Yeah, and then Matt's <laughs> like, why didn't you include Colin that? And I go because in my head I was just thinking of of, of superhero movies. I was mm. just thinking of Spider Man. I was just thinking uh, I was just thinking of Guardians, and I was just I was just thinking of of Avengers. Like I wasn't thinking just of your default brain. That was my default brain. I was like, I'm, I meant for for superhero action movies. Uh, but I
0: did not articulate that he, at the he time. Borders on being a superhero in this. Oh my god, yes. he kind of is. He, he, I loved Safety Not Guaranteed. Like Colin is quickly becoming one of my favorite directors. Colin direct, yes. Colin directed Safety Not Guaranteed
1: as well. Um, so uh, these guys were fantastic. Jurassic World is out now. I assume you've seen it because of how much money it made. But if not, go see it again. Uh, it's probably going to be around in theaters for a little while. So see it uh, at every, at every turn. Upwards <laughs> of three weeks. Yeah. And again, Colin, super cool. Pratt, fucking rad. Like it was. A, and I saw. Colin... Colin at the premiere afterwards, and he came and think it's a guy. He was at his movie premiere, and he took the time to come over and say hi and thanks for having us on today. Good dude, I'm totally. You have my heart, <laughs> Colin. May I please have it? And, and my money. And now here we go with the Nerds Podcast number six ninety with Chris Pratt and Colin
0: Trevorrow.
1: Katie, roll the thing. Here it comes, the thing. Where and
0: Janet? Varney says,
1: Welcome to the hunger
0: Good note. I'm alive! i <laughs> i <I'm> not stopping
3: stopping. <laughs> now entering nerdist.com.
2: future. Are you Marty McFly? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Flaherty.
1: Oh, I completely forgot about that storyline. I completely How could forgot you forget about that. That's the craziest part of that movie. Because um, I put a lot of part two out of my head. I was wrong of you. I like no, because they had to they had to do so much retcon to make one make sense to bridge to three. That the whole... Like, 2 was basically just like... It it, it might as well have just been someone coming out and
2: going... So here's what happens, and here's how this all makes sense, and it. here's why this, like this other timeline. It. I like I like exposition, science bullshit, expo- technobabble as they call it in Star Trek.
1: Yeah, but even even yeah. as a, even as a kid, like when they go up to Biff's pleasure palace, yeah. and then uh, and it's like they're right in 1985, in the alternate B. 1985, in the uh, and the things they're playing are playing like, and that's when Biff Tannen made his. For it was just like every piece of this movie is exposition to just uh-huh. to bridge one and three. <laughs> It drove me crazy. I liked three. I thought three was really fun, but two, Three's fun. It's I don't think it's great.
2: Two drove I think me crazy. Two is better than three. Colin, where do you weigh in on we the can effect of two? I can't do it. Yeah, two, right? Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Why do you feel that way?
4: Well, I'll tell you. I, uh... I think one is is the yeah, you know of mind. of the like four great stories of the modern age, yeah. uh, which I consider to be. You know, a kid helps an alien find his way home. Yep, uh, Mac t- and me. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think
1: he's going to be boss on this. Oh, yeah. okay, gotcha. No, <laughs> gotcha. you. They're, they're,
4: they're often they're often connected. Uh, you know, Nazi predator harnesses the power of God. Uh, kid tries to make sure his parents fall in love uh-huh. uh, so he can exist. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there is nothing in part two that begins to approach that level of, of emotional stakes. That that part one has, and uh, it is it is a little bit more of a. It's like a time travel math movie, <laughs> but not like a. Yeah, not like yeah a, it's not a, it's not a hard. No, it doesn't yeah, get you here. It, does it you
2: here. it gets you here. you <laughs> here,
4: not here.
1: Oh my god! Uh, and here we are in 2015. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that strange? And we have hoverboards. We got all the stuff. And we can hydrate a pizza. Uh, everything and, we were promised. You know, uh, all of our fax machines are... In the- level four. <laughs> 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 everything. They really... It's funny to see where they, where they put their stock. I mean, because you can watch... You can watch Star Trek and go, you know, give or take, they weren't too far off with some of, you know, they didn't yeah. see the micro revolution. many hundreds of years. Welcome. You're not disrupting anything. <laughs> no. You can you can come lumbering in. Last interview. So, I
4: last one, yeah, interview. Last interview ever. Last one ever. Then, how you doing? Uh, well,
1: wow. Right here, so we can get a little weird. Blow it out. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what, what you're walking into is this happening. What, yeah, what you're right, walking yeah. into is. I the, didn't know we were on. Then suddenly, oh we yeah, were it's on. already started. Okay.
2: Drake.
3: Huh? I want tequila. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> what
2: else do you want? Oh, nothing.
1: Do you want some? There want some water? No tequila. Do you want some water in a nothing. shot glass?
3: <laughs> do
1: you want to? No. Do you want And we'll give you a lime, and then you can.
3: I started drinking already, so now I'm on the drinking train. <laughs> <laughs> this is our last interview, right? Yep. No, you have to do more. Oh no, I have to do more. God damn it! Don't, Don't do, do it. That's
2: fine.
4: Are you doing that tonight?
1: No. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, this isn't really an interrogation. This is just more of a loose conversation. So, I, know, you know,
3: I you know. I know all about this, brother. I, don't, you know, how do you? I don't. I didn't know. I don't. Know. I
1: know. I, don't, I know everything.
3: What?
2: Well, Chris, what you walked into was a discussion of Back to the Future Two. Yes. Oh, uh,
1: Matt seems to like Back to the Future Two. Colin and I feel that it's that doesn't have enough heart and it's too expositional. And I was we were starting to talk about how way far off they missed twenty fifteen. That they put a lot of stock in fax machines and and Max hydration Spielberg's food. not even a
2: director. He's right.
1: not even a. He's
2: not even a director. <laughs> Jaws 18 or whatever. Yeah, the there's no
1: there's no hologram that comes uh, spewing out of a movie theater and yeah, and, yeah. and jackets and so no.
3: right. And there's no there's no almanac. There's no, no, there's no, no sports, sports, sports almanac. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> we have a version of the sports almanac, but not something that you could actually transport back in time. No, you know, unless you did like you print a it. very th- thought out. Version of it and, right. and set up a game plan um, There's make no books. single book You'd have to bring the internet You'd have to bring the internet yeah. And of course the internet wouldn't You can't bring the internet No I, I, have, I have a, a very uh, political
4: reason Why I actually do love uh, Back to the Future 2 It was very, it was very prescient Forward thinking uh, plotline, Which is that uh, there was a time, I think, where a, a single You know, he said that red letter date Where, where uh, time split across And we had a time tangent And I feel like uh, I always considered uh, The Bush administration to be Where Biff Tannen went into the future And married <laughs> your mom <laughs> And turned your town into a, into a mall uh, And, and there, there was one moment Laura where Bush me, was like You're
1: this. the one that told me to get these things, George <laughs> Yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> What? The thing I don't understand about the end of Back to the Future is Doc Brown shows up. His life is perfect now, although somehow the entire family is sharing one car. But they (laughs) – Doc Brown shows up and he's like, quick, we have to get back. Where? We have to get back to the future. We don't have time. I was like, but you have all the t- time in the world. Like, Literally, oh, there's yeah. no reason to rush. Right. You could have dinner to get to your time machine. Yeah. Like you could go to Disneyland. Maybe right. Doc's
2: the kind of guy that, like, if he doesn't do it right now, he's gonna never he's get gonna to forget. it. He's Like, eh, ah, yeah. whatever.
1: Doc, where were we supposed to? Yeah, we don't, worry I about don't it. remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old now. <laughs> Who put all this poop <laughs> in my underwear? Uh, That's
3: true. I never. Of all the holes, that was never one that I that uh, I realized.
1: Yeah, you. Well, I'm not. I don't want to dismantle all no. of the. It
3: kind of sounds like you do. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of what's happening systematically. Yeah, no, but you're right. You, there was what's the rush? Yeah, what's the rush to get back, Marty? Marty? Oh, what? What? You know why? You know why? Because doesn't someone then chase him into that moment? No, they just he just has to he just says something's got to be done about
4: your kids. Right. He doesn't know that Biff is going to stop polishing the car and. and- do something which he doesn't do he
1: just watches them go away Biff Except doesn't see the second them, one. remember the, the beginning, beginning of the second one, one. yeah old Biff you see Biff. Biff's
4: looking and he's like oh I'm yeah. gonna do something old Biff right
1: yeah unfortunately uh, his cane breaks off in the car leaving a giant breadcrumb trail exactly. As to
4: you know who I think it was Seth MacFarlane uh, tweeted something pretty hilarious about Back to the Future that was just another one of those things that I just kind of mind blown that I didn't consider it but at the very end where she goes Marty or, or will we ever see you again and he's like yeah well you'll see me tomorrow
1: we go to school together <laughs> like why would <laughs> Too. Why would you? I don't I know. You're just assuming right. that I'm not going to oh, be here yeah, anymore? I like, you, know. I just just because he you were expelled after that <laughs> rock and roll display. Uh, they would never. You can't. <laughs> Strickland's not tolerant hmm. at all. Um, but we're here to talk about other things. Back to the Future uh, 3. Back to the Future 3. <laughs> wow, wow it Starts west. off in the West. <laughs> I'm actually surprised no one's been like, Part four, guys. You know, I'm surprised that it hasn't been
4: on Earth. I'm on. I'm on. The I'm deep on the inside, defending that and stopping that from happening.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm like, in, Someone I'm, I'm, I'm involved. Someone like making be. sure it doesn't. You're happen. You're deflecting it like Tron. I'm, I'm deep, on, deep, in, on, deep in the trenches. You almost didn't
2: sign a director, Jurassic World, oh, yeah. because you were busy. No, that's, <laughs> that's, I will do not, this not on my watch, man.
1: I will do this as long as you promise. It says contractually there will not be a back. Don't the touch before. it.
3: Don't touch. Is it. this cup of coffee for me? I think so. What? Possibly. Did you just bring that here? did. Nice. That's awesome. So, guess what just happened? What just yeah. happened? You got coffee. <laughs> this is crazy. How <laughs> did you know? Matt's a coffee psychic. Uh, that. Oh what man. It? What is that? Triumph gave me. They gave me the motorcycle. You the my trium- age. I don't know if my, they gave it or my agent bought it from them. My, my agent had a big gift for me today, and it was. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> My motorcycle from that's amazing. the movie. Nice.
1: Your life is a playground wow. now. Yes. That's incredible. Your life is a fucking
3: playground. Yep. You that's
2: know, that's, funny. that's <laughs> funny. I was just uh, walking down La Brea staring at
3: that motorcycle. Mm. On the on on poster. The, uh-huh. I was like, oh, One I'm of trying. a kind. Custom built for this movie. I'm the only one on the planet who has this motorcycle. Wow. That's incredible. Yep. You're at Nick Cage level now. Dude.
2: dude. <laughs> they gave him, they <laughs> gave him the Mustang from Gone in
3: 60 Seconds. Is that true?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Dude. So they said they sent me a. They ad. made like, three. Yeah. Okay, him and Bruckheimer got one. Whoa. I got a
4: really nice Food basket
0: Did you? <laughs> Which and and the
4: pretty note
2: pretty Said a done. triumph it like
4: some, Yeah
1: some caramel
0: <laughs> a corn A
2: triumph No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know We got everybody it's A disparity
1: between These two Yeah
3: <laughs> I'm gonna put standard. it In my living room Yeah <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drive it No I, I mean I'm not good at awesome. Riding on motorcycles Oh you're not I'm not, I'm not a motorcycle guy No you, you, Is it But if I ever live out in the, Way out in the country Where it's just yeah. Long open roads And not like A-hole driving Everywhere.
1: Do you think you will move out to the country yeah. at some point? I mean, you're kind of <laughs> yes. getting to that
3: place where you could just like, I'm just gonna go
1: disappear, and then you, when you want me, I'll, I'll appear and then be in things. Oh, I am.
3: I'm I'm actually I think I'm almost I think I might be there. Yeah. Yeah, this is like the last they'll be like he went into the nerdist and, <laughs> and then they never, never didn't even show up to the premiere. To again. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get blamed for that somehow. Yeah. Nerdist
1: podcast scares Chris Pratt into obscurity. <laughs> what happened?
2: That's
3: really always been our goal. Yeah,
2: that's what we're going to do.
3: Kimmel left with fruit
2: basket that says try it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Kimmel turns fruit basket into delightful viral video that gets 100 million views. <laughs> But uh, I, I've been I mean listen, I, I know a lot of people lately not to brag not to brag <laughs> A lot of people, lot of people uh, don't appreciate you no I'm kidding but no. a lot a lot of people have been hitting you with the you've gone through this transformation and I'm sure its tire- I'm sure it's tiring to talk about it over and over again. but a- as someone who went through something somewhat similar to that, I'm curious did it what did it do to your identity like what do you when you see a different? I mean, I, there were points where I saw a different guy in the mirror, and it's, it kind of weirded
3: me out at yeah. first. Yeah, I just recently saw um the Parks and Rec season seven rap video came out. It's like a thirty minute long uh, gag reel from the par- seven, season seven of Parks and Rec, and part of it was they show our audition tapes mm-hmm. on the on the gag reel, right? And so I was watching it, and I looked at that guy, and I was like, I. <laughs> I've been aging backwards for 70 years. <laughs> like, and I think it's the result, it is obviously the result of like good food and diet and exercise and all of that stuff, which was, you know, I do have, I did have a, I have had a couple of those moments where I just look and I see, but I, I don't know, I, I'm i taking it back. Like I see pictures of when I was bigger and I didn't see it happen overnight or anything, but I'll look at those pictures and I'll think, whoa, I was really, I was really big. Like I was just, And I didn't think much of it in the in the moment. I don't know. Yeah, I've had a bit of a. Well,
1: I also I appreciate something that I that you wrote. I don't know if you said this in an interview or you wrote it, but it was essentially the idea that it's not that you weren't saying you know you shouldn't your identity shouldn't be attached to whatever your size is. That's not the important thing. I just was making unhealthy choices, and I started making healthier choices and feeling better about myself. And that's really ultimately what it was that you should feel good, you know, wherever you are, as long as you're making good, good healthy choices.
3: Well, yeah, or yeah, I think I guess so. Yeah, you know, uh, you don't have to feel you don't have to feel bad if you're not in good shape. Like there are positives and negatives to both lifestyles. And when I was big and eating and drinking anything I wanted, there was there were amazing moments that I don't get to have now (laughs) that I really enjoyed at the time. And I've also really enjoyed this as well, you know, There are moments here that I get a little bummed out, and there were moments then that I got a little bummed out. I think it's all all the same. There's a huge drive, you know, a huge desire for people, probably because of the magazines that – that now I'm on the cover of, that, <laughs> you know, things like that, that like, man, why I wish I looked like that, and that's like a, it drives a market, and it's like a, it's a weird thing, but I, you know, I say don't get caught too much, don't, I, I I'm not gonna, I don't want to sit here and criticize it, I'd rather just take advantage of it, right, right, know, and get that ranch and get, and take my triumph out into the middle of nowhere somehow, <laughs> that's all this is leading towards, but you know, you can, you can make yourself feel better, and you can, if some, you like sound body, sound mind, I think like your spirit, your, your mentality, it's all really tied into, you you know, the vehicle that you're given, you know, you, that's, you aren't your body or you aren't your image, but that's what you have to drive around on this planet as long as you can keep it running. So, you know, you could take it out and, and, and polish it and take it out and, you know, take good care of it. and, And it's more fun to drive. Yeah. And, and also I just found that that was, that was not really the goal
1: but it was sort of a byproduct of just, oh, I'm going to exercise because the older I get, if I don't, I'm just going to essentially start to, you know, f- f- keel over and freeze up. Because yeah. I'm in front of a computer all the time and I'll end up being a, you know, I'll just be end up being a, 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 a turgid little alien creature if I don't try to exercise and feel better with myself. And the side, the, 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 the byproduct of that was like, oh, I kind of look better, too, and I feel better in general. And that's, that's, not, that's not terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Do you feel imprisoned at all by the – just in the sense that, you know, you start out and you kind of – from what I understand about you, you were sort of like, well, I know I want to do stuff. I don't know how I'm exactly going to do that. And then it things started to happen. Did it – now that you have achieved, I would imagine pretty much everything you could have imagined and there's certainly more coming. Does it feel like you thought it would feel or does it – or do you feel sort of like, oh, it feels like there's more – it's more responsibility
3: than I imagined when I was picturing it. Oh, um, it doesn't, I don't know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure I feel anything. At ever, all? Ever, ever ever in life. Life. <laughs> <laughs> I feel nothing. I feel nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel dead inside. Just, feel,
2: uh, just feels a so out- horse between his yeah. legs now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Just boners. I just feel. Follow <laughs> yeah. my boners all day. Um, all no, if it I- feel It does. It feels good. It's. It's not quite what I would have expected. It's. It's really, really hard to put words to it. You know. I think. Life's about perspective, and it's it's difficult to maintain perspective no matter where you are, and mm-hmm. it's it's no different for me now. I think like the simple things in life are still what please me, and sometimes still what piss me off, you know. And and I'm I feel like I'm just the same. Life has changed a lot around me, but I don't know i i haven't I haven't changed that much, and I think people's per- perception of me has changed, but that's all their perspective and i'm probably seem bigger uh, i seem like a big star but that's just cuz i'm closer to the to earth you know like the sun seems like the biggest star in the sky but it's not it just happens to be the one that's closest to us and right now i'm very close to you because i'm on a fucking press <laughs> tour and you know I'm, I'm, I'm every 5 minutes i go and talk to somebody else or tweet something i'm trying to promote this movie but eventually i'll fade way off and i'll just be another little speck in the sky and, but that you know I don't feel any different it's all my, how big I am in the eyes of the people around me or just like relative to how close I am to them at that at the, in that moment you know for me I haven't really I nothing has really changed about me Ex- my exterior has changed a little bit I've lost anonymity a little bit I you know I when I go out there's more people that stop me in the street airports are, have become a, uh, a different uh, game and, and there are sometimes paparazzi outside of my house and and uh, but the things that have changed the most for me are just normal changes that any man would go through who, who's married, has a two and a half or three year old kid. You know, I don't sleep in as much as I used to. I don't drink as much as I used to. I'm more present, and and I stress out about shit that I never did before. I never took my life seriously before, but now I have things that are very I have to take seriously in my life. It's just the normal stuff that's changed. The, all the other stuff connected to the fame and to the, this sort of interesting and exciting chapter in my career right now really hasn't, really hasn't, doesn't feel that different. There's nothing that you, you can't really t- feel anything.
1: Well, I think it's also better for that to happen not when you're 22, but yeah. as you get into your 30s or older, you can kind of because you do have the perspective and yeah. you do. No matter what happens, and you you know you'll go to the premiere tonight, and people will be. You know, flipping their shit, and it'll be like, whoa! And then you'll get home. they are like, oh, my son pooped on the floor. Like you yeah. still have <laughs> you still have that. I think to it seems like you might still have that to tether you to yeah, and to stuff, stuff that actually you know like matters the most.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Their roots. You, uh, there's I've found I put my roots down. You know, and they're with my family and in my in my house, and and that's I can't imagine. It's got to, I, I, you know I know it's daunting for for people who are younger to to. Deal with fame and like big um, in big doses because yeah yeah fuck, good thing man it's a good thing I wasn't famous when I was young because I was a I was just doing shit that would have would have really really ruined people's percep- <laughs> per- perception of me I was I was screwing up as you should when you're a kid and you shouldn't you should be able to do that in a, a vacuum you know yeah. but like there's no, no nobody's scope. twenty yeah. should be on the record yeah, No, no no not not right think about it
1: think especially about it. now I mean like when we when I mean there there wasn't social media when I was growing up and so th- there was some degree of fuck that you could I think that uh, you know like brat pack kids could get away with, but now it just seems you know everything is just so broadcast all the yeah. time.
4: I, I have a good friend who was a, a journalist who was older than me who gave me great advice when I was in my twenties, and he said very clearly, "Look, like between now and twenty eight, like you can you can fuck up like five times, and you'll still <laughs> recover, and you'll be fine." And, and I was talking to our to our young uh, star, to Nick Robinson, uh, the other day, who's kind of dealing with some of this stuff of like he's you know impending fame, and I wanted to you know be the wise old man and give him that same you know advice, and I was like, "Well, no, you can't." Really you can't really fuck up five times, like maybe like twice now, maybe once, but like <laughs> right. actually don't fuck up. Stop, don't yeah, fuck don't up. fuck up. Yeah, pretty much. It's,
1: it's almost like things it's, have changed. Yeah, the, the, the strive to be perfect and the strive for perfection, which is which was, you know, even the fact that you would have the presence of mind to write a pre-apology about your press tour was fucking genius. I mean, yeah. so uh, and also. Genius from – not just from a comedy standpoint but also from – you totally just gave yourself a pass. Like people are yeah. going to be like, oh, this is the thing he was talking about. He told us this would
3: happen. It's totally <laughs> there cool. There he goes. Yeah. It was yeah. a brilliant move. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. That's a <laughs> – I was happy with that. I I, I put that out without – running it by any of my <laughs> representatives or anything like that. <laughs> and then I stood back. <laughs> <before> <laughs> we're, we're winking at Alice and my publicist is in the room right now. I'm but just you weird. know, but she,
1: you were okay with it, right? But I think she because b- what I think it's, I think what's important for people to see is that uh, you, it's its very humanizing, you know, you're a person. And, and, and I think people forget that because they're used to seeing people, You know, two dimensionally, basically. Oh, oh, that person represents all those things. And then, then when something isn't congruent with the way that that person behaves, they go, what? What co- what happens? You're just right. Yeah. So it, it's it's important, I think, to let people know, like, I'm a guy and I just do a
3: job, and I'm not you know. right. But that's that was all very mindful management of what's happening. Like, I didn't just like accidentally stumble and write that apology. This was like a very, very, a very well thought out, very ma- much maneuver in dealing with this. Because like, if you look at, and I probably shouldn't give that away. In fact, I should probably uh, pretend like I just, you know. T- tweeted that as a joke And it was no big deal But the the truth is Like You know Back in the In the, in the silent film era All you had to do Was look right on camera And then all of a sudden The talkies came, and people had to match your voice with your face. And some people didn't make it through that. Some actors didn't make it through that. They're just like, like, "What? That guy has an accent, or (laughs) or, you know, or their voice is higher than I thought." And then you know, so only a certain amount of people made it through that filter. And now all of a sudden, you—if you sounded right and you looked right—you'd be a huge star, and it didn't matter who you were. You could be a complete asshole. You could fucking go and, and be a just a real piece of shit and abuse drugs and you know beat w- w- women or wh- or whatever you know like your private life wasn't part of it. It was just what you looked like and what you sounded like and the, and the characters that you played. That's what people knew. They knew the character that you played and they and they judged who you were based on the character that you played. Now this day and age there's like a new third thing that's come to the forefront, which is who are you? What's your personality like? Are you a decent person? How are you in an interview? Do you squirm? How much will you give up of yourself, you know? And I think that's like the new Transition that people have had to make, and you see actors out there who have bad reputations, who are assholes, who treat the people around them poorly, who who don't get along with their their fellow castmates, and who you know shit on the crew, and those guys they don't work anymore. Like they just don't get work anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, and and rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, rightfully, but so. those people, you know, for those, a while they, they did. matter. Did yeah,
1: but those types of personality, those personality types, though, that they can sustain that for a minute or two. But the second people don't have to deal with their shit anymore, like the second their movies aren't number one anymore, or they're not on a hit show, then right. – then, then it's ba- it's basically all the, all the rats uh, abandon the ship. Buckle right. up, Dep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man.
0: Some gotta take that guy
1: down a notch. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, the likelihood is if your movies aren't performing, they'll all abandon ship anyways. Whether, whether you're really nice or not, yeah, but really at least nice, you but, uh, leave with yeah. some part of your humanity intact. If you're a nice, you know, person. But I
1: but I I don't know though because I really do believe you know there are people that you see in the business who work very consistently and. You know, you kind of go, oh wow, it's interesting. Like they, you know, they they maybe had show after show fail, or the movies aren't connecting, but they continue to work. And I just attribute that to, you know, it's important for people to work around people that they like, and they yeah. and they want them to win, and they want yeah. to give them a shot. And you know, and, and then the other side, it just it's so it's so fascinating to me because it's so silly that we get to do this stuff. It's so silly that we get to do this that that for someone yeah. to get in their own way and sabotage that, it's like, oh well. Maybe you should just socially Darwin your way out of this because you don't belong in this in this type of a situation to right. work, work with other people. That's right. a
4: good kind of Darwinism. That's a good kind of, of survival of the as being a nice, good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, like if we're going to have a standard mm-hmm. – because uh, I, mean, I find the same thing. I mean I'm, our cast – like our cast doesn't make any sense and, and our cast is because all of those are really good – great actors but also good people to work with you know Bryce Dallas Howard is a good person she hadn't been in a movie in four years she had two kids you know she was not necessarily like on the forefront of of the actors that were killing it at the moment uh but I but everyone knows that she is a great person uh uh, like her father and uh, like people who are who surround her Chris Pratt uh great person And, and also I think you know what's interesting about about Pratt is is you know this transformation that you guys were talking about like you know w- what motivated that had to have come from a different place because I think if you look at all of us if we were like sitting on the couch and we were like almost three hundred pounds and Anna Faris already loved us like I'm not sure if we would have the motivation
0: <laughs> to
4: to do what he
0: did but he he
4: dug deep and found it anyway for, for reasons beyond that, I mean, and that's that really
0: that's is, always
1: impressed me that
0: really is kind of <laughs> that's,
1: that, that's that's kind of the sitcom construct that every American wants like you know, I'll let myself go, but the little lady loves me anyway for who yeah. I am, and that like that's a dream. That's a, sort of a dream scenario. And <laughs> in a, in a we found sort of, it.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> found it's the true. motivation. Yeah, she
1: was. She wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. What's her perspective on? I mean, like, I mean, you know, she loves you either way. But what does she have? A,
3: does she have a particular perspective on? Um, I think like she's very smart, and I think that she probably assumes. Here's my take. My guess. My guess is she really likes it, (laughs) but she's not going to come out and say it because she sees how fast I can get fat. (laughs) And if I get fat again, she knows that I'll be like you went on record saying you like me skinny <laughs> you know <laughs> so she's always been like I love him both ways and, and I just I love my husband and oh it was fun when he was fat I could feed him and all of these things so when uh, she's just kind of playing it cool so that when I do inevitably become fat again, she'll be like, "See, honey, I told you I always, I always liked you." <laughs> see, she's playing. I can go sports. back. I can but dance I
1: ha- between the t- I can dance between the towns. Yeah,
3: I have a feeling that she likes it. I have a feeling that she really likes it. It's nice.
1: Well, I, I um when I when I was young and drinking a lot and you know I mean I was only probably like forty pounds heavier, but it, you could see it in my. I mean, there's still pictures of it online that make me cringe but I but I dated a girl who was really funny and, and she, she she used to go uh, hey I just want to remind you you were really fucking fat and I'm like I know like as a joke like she would she would say yeah she would make she would make fat jokes about old me oh which I thought was really I thought was really fun i by the way I named that person I, I gave that person a separate name. Like, he has a separate oh, name. Is that what's oh, his yeah. name? Peter Hardwick. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <Peter. laughs> When When Peter. people
1: were people like, oh, were you in this movie or were you in the show? I'm like, no, no, that was Peter. Yeah, that was Peter. He was really drunk. He was really drunk when he went to that. When you're um, uh, with, with Jurassic Park, it, I mean, with this kind of a property, w- were, are you nervous at all? I mean, is it obviously you must have been inspired because the original still completely holds up. Is yeah. it? And we're talking about Back to the Future and like and, yeah. you know making another and and making more Back to the Futures and so what it what in your brain goes no I, I have a story that I can tell about this that I think I'm ready to tell and my level of experience is enough that I can that people will accept it and I really and I feel like it's important to tell. Well, I mean, you know, as far as it was I I I do get that question. Yeah,
4: I think people are very. Uh, very interested in like my anxiety levels on this because they imagine uh, were you know were you handpicked by Steven Spielberg to carry on his legacy like yeah I, I'm a human and there were many moments where I would have to stare myself in the mirror and be like don't fuck this up man do not fuck
1: this up <laughs> were, there, were, there, were there a bunch so, of, of were there course. a bunch of directors in a living room and Steven Spielberg handed you a rose and- yeah it's, <laughs> it has that it's like, I,
4: I have to like clarify I didn't win a contest I didn't like write in for this <laughs> were you were there for the right reason dear Mr Spielberg uh, no it wasn't the that. I know he, uh, he, he, uh, he gave me a, a call and, he, and I came in and, and we had the conversation uh, about this movie. But, you know, my, you know, I, I never uh, approached it with any uh, lack of respect, but I, I did approach it uh, kind of skeptical and probably with the same skepticism that, that you would approach it with if someone said, you know, re- remake Back to the Future. Fuck you, remake Back to the Future. Right. I will not. I will not do that. And so make a sequel to Jurassic Park. Okay, well, why? That was the first question. Why is Jurassic Park? park four. To let, let us let us answer this question together. And so we we sat and and we had to like to dig into it and talk about you know what are some new themes that that you know science fiction you know holds a mirror up to uh, to our society and 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 Jurassic Park did that. So what can we uh, can we talk about in this movie that that uh, is new that isn't just you know the hubris of man and don't mess with science and chaos theory and uh, and and what we found and this was all kind of in this first meeting was inherent in his ideas that like you know why were we making Jurassic Park four so a giant corporation could make a shit ton of money. <laughs> and so, so why do we make a movie about that? Like, right. you know, why do we make a movie about how, you know, we will repeat our mistakes if there's money on the table. And so, yeah, they're going to reopen Jurassic World and they're going to bring 20,000 people to an island and think the fences are going to work again. Uh, all of this is, you know, is based on that, that, that very corporate hunger uh, for profit at all costs and how that will steamroll over people and leave bodies in its wake uh, time and again. And that was enough for me to feel like, okay, well, I can make a movie about that.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, by the way, if there were dinosaurs, people would keep going back yeah. and trying to figure out a way to monetize that in some way. Always. They'll just keep trying. But you I, – because I, people – I'm sure everyone's hitting you with the Indiana Jones question and I, from what I've read, you're like, I don't want to feel weird about it. I don't know if I'm – like is it – do you – when you look at other things – because I would imagine you're pretty much getting
3: to a point where people are like, what do you want to do? And then you can kind of go, well, I'll do that. Exactly. I actually got a call today mm-hmm. from my brother. Yep. And he said it would be cool if I did it. So <laughs> – <laughs> uh, i have my brother's permission so yeah. <laughs> that's the first of uh many steps none of the other steps yeah. <laughs> he's the only one to call
1: my brother <laughs> tweeted that <Yeah. laughs> But you know what though that is important actually i mean even though you you, you get, yeah I, mean, like,
3: I was gonna say that that actually
1: has that's probably like 40 percent of it yeah, it, it, is, like that, it is you know because you still have to face your family and your friends yeah. Yeah. you know and you don't yeah. want them to be like Hey, oh,
2: it was very brave of you, you know. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. It'd be <laughs> hilarious to me if they just were like, "Okay, we're just going to continue the story." Uh, you're Shia LaBeouf's dad. Yeah. <laughs> damn God damn it! <laughs> and then he's just screaming. They've just locked him in a tomb. And he's just screaming the whole
1: time. But I mean, it, it, w- when you have what I would assume to be, you know, a lot of choices, how do you know? How do you know which is
3: the right one? Well, you don't, and and uh, but for me, I'm I have a great you know, no one does this stuff alone, and so like I have a great team of, and it sounds cliche, and it sounds like a douchey, douchey Hollywood thing that my team talk about my team, but <laughs> I actually do. I have people whose job it is to guide me and make and help me make uh, decisions, and and the movies that I've done, and also many movies that i've decided not to do has have have that the those decisions were the result of careful collaboration with people that i really trust and who i employ to help me make these decisions you know and so uh there and i won't get into them cuz i if they end up making those movies i don't want to like say disparaging words sure. about some of them but there have been i've gotten offers that were financially the best the best offers i've ever seen i jobs that i never would have fucking ever believed somebody would ever offer me that much money to do something. And my, it's a, a testament to my agents who are in, or my, in my manager who, who was paid on commission, you know, and get, gets the bigger, the paycheck is the more they get paid. And, and they've been careful. They've been very, very careful. And they, they treat this very, you know, they're very precious about the things that I say yes to. And, and thank God. Cause if it was me, I, I, I'd, I'd already have like five movies in the can or in and out of the theaters that that were I'd be a part of that were, I that were terrible, you know, like Forrest Gump 2. Yeah. <laughs> well, no movies. Some movies that are out already that I said it's a, a crazy lesson that it's really you're very fortunate to ever be able to uh, utilize this advice. But it's more powerful what you say no to sure. than what you say yes to, and. Most actors are never in a position to be the one who says yes or no. They just throw themselves at everything, and for me, that was my career for more than a decade. I would audition for everything, and the yeses and the nos came from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And mostly, it was no. And then every once in a while, is a yes, and you're like, sweet, and you look, and you get a paycheck, and you pay your bills, and you're a working actor, you know, and that's awesome. I was happy doing that, and now, like, by some miracle i've you know and a combination of hard work and good fortune and all these things like i'm in a position where i'm get to say yes and no and uh and th- there's little responsibility with that and to an- make a your a very a short answer could have been a short answer a very long answer um you know help i have help with those decisions
1: but i also think it's great that you've been through stages of your life where you know you played character roles and now you can play leading roles and it's not like you weren't you, you, like you didn't start out as I'm a chiseled six pack ab kind of a, like because in talking to some like right. we, we it seemed like in talking to Harrison Ford there was a little bit of um, like in between the crankiness there was a little bit of uh, there was a little bit of like it's, we, it's weird pressure to be a leading man because you feel constrained by those roles but it seems like you know y- y- it seems like well you could just pick stuff that makes sense that's kind of fun for you and you don't have to always do that.
3: Yeah, I mean like, yeah, I I, I suppose, but you know but the thing is, is I did start off in in Hollywood when I came here, one of the first things I did was I got in really good shape and this is, you know, 13 14 years ago and uh, I couldn't couldn't audition for anything except for the douche (laughs) like the asshole boyfriend the Johnny from Karate Kid my auditions were always like Get in the fucking car, Cheryl. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> What's this little twerp doing? Back off, bud. You know you're. In, this is my town, you little. You know whatever. Yeah. And and next. Yeah, next. <laughs> and so I would read those, and I was always like, oh, I know. What if he's a little funny? They're like, No, he's not funny. <laughs> he's the guy that the audience hates. So when the other guy gets the girl. They cheer, right? You know, you're the guy who gets. I was the guy, I, and I I was the guy who get kicked in the nuts in the third act. <laughs> that was, the, and so for a long time, that's where what I was doing, and I did some, and I was never very good at it because I like it's just not my personality. Like I I was never really comfortable doing that, and as as hard as I acted, I just couldn't pull it off to be like an, a major asshole. Uh, and so like you see evidence of that in some movies, like Strangers with Candy was a movie I did years ago where yeah, I played Grayson, like the. The Bra and that's the character how it was written was like that my first role in everwood was written that way, but then they completely crafted the character and made changed him and tailored that character to be myself and then it became like a a nicer character. The same thing with Andy Dwyer was like started one way, I was just the asshole boyfriend, and I felt like getting into those roles unless Andy Dwyer because i was I had grown a grown a little bit and was a little out of shape when I started that job but but like those roles were it took me doing comedic stuff and and Developing as an actor and and get winning people's respect based on being able to get actually get laughs and you know being able to make moments work in in movies, doing that kind of fun ex- stuff that that because I had that body of work behind me I could then get in shape and be considered for these roles whereas before when I got in shape for some reason I was only like the asshole because there is something about a leading man that he, there's like a, a sense of you know they need to be fallible they need to be like not quite. Perfect, you know what I mean. Right. Like, like there's there's always something a, a little wrong. I think like mentally or physically with with our heroes. You know, they should be flawed and stuff like that. So, so um, well, and thank God that we have directors
1: like, uh, you know, that the, the James Guns and the and the Joss Whedons and the Sam Raimis of the world who would understand. Like, well, the hero actually can be kind of fucked up and funny and doesn't have to be that archetype. You know, yeah. that that kind of have fifties archetype of what a what a hero is supposed to be, you know. Right. It's like, oh, these guys are sort of fuck ups, and you know, and the, and the, but that's that they kind of humanize the 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 leaning the leading man sort of a role.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think there's a traditional leading man, and it's actually like a straight man. You know, the, there are confines inside of which you must operate. You can't be. You know, so you and the spice is left to the side characters, to the villains, to the love interest, to any other any of the other people, but you kind of just play everything straight. And I think that maybe that's what Harrison was like leaning towards a little bit with with what he was saying. You so know, like kind of like the way you
4: are in this movie, which is why I wasn't mentioned in that list.
3: Of yeah. names. Well, we were getting yeah, to you. Yeah, that's no, fine. Yeah. No, I understand. Like, I
1: also no, I thought it. that was weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no.
4: <laughs> I understand. No, I mean, you're, I, I mean, you're totally straight. You know, to be fair, I haven't seen Jurassic, Jurassic World yet. Yeah. I'm seeing it tonight. He's basically, what you just described. <laughs> well, well, you know, we'll see when I go. But no, he's no, no. There, he's not. I'm kidding. He's. He's a different kind of hero In this movie I, You know I found yeah. His character in this movie To be like When we designed it It was like It was a mixture of Like Stephen's father And my father Because like uh-huh. Stephen's father fought In World War II and was like Greatest generation And like that You know that hero That you're talking about And my dad was in Vietnam And like protested the war In San Francisco And like was you know Against authority And so I feel like When you combine those two uh, You get you know Someone who does, Sort of looks like A traditional hero But also like Is questioning like What the fuck are they doing With you know Making the dinosaurs And it's kind of makes him a combination of of you know jeff Goldblum's character and uh sam neill's character because those those were sort of two sides of that of that coin and that's kind of where we ended up
3: i think so and i'm really glad and i mean because it was it it is a little different and which made it so attractive and part of like the reason, like I said, going back to my manager helping me decide things, we read it, they were like, this is something that's interesting because we didn't want to just go right out and find the, a Peter Quill in another role. Of course. You know, like, this is just like, just do that. You got that speed. It was like we wanted to do something slightly different. And when Colin painted this picture, because I was like him with being pretty skeptical about going stepping into this franchise because I loved it so much. And, and when he started talking about the character, I was like, dude, this is so good. And great, he's so different, and something, an opportunity for me to grow because I feel like as an actor, a lot of times what I do is I fall back on my strength, which is kind of the Andy Dwyer was an embodiment of it. But this sort of witless, you know, witless, guileless, childlike wonder and in in, in, uh, in tonally comedic type of performance. You know, I tend to put unintentionally put that into every role that I play and I know it's a big part of my shtick and my own self defense mechanism it's like a, my clown that I've always been working on my whole life and I think co- the thing that attracted me so much to this character is Colin was like this is not Andy this character's and that's the third rail for you I don't want you to be a goofball I don't want you to be a a moron you know and you're an, you're an expert you're you, you, it's more important you know that it's not you don't have to be funny you yeah. have to be you have to take this seriously and we have to I mean, people need to Count on you to get him out of the situation. Yeah, I suppose you, you know. can't be a dipshit and train raptors. Yeah, because <laughs> there's already so They're much fun. Yeah, there's already so much <laughs> disbelief suspended in this movie. You need to make it. You need to approach it with a very, very strong respe- respect for the reality that you're creating. It sure. Needs to be real. So, like, if this was a real position, and they had a, a uh, they had a, a group of raptors they thought were intelligent enough to be trained, who would get that? Who would get that job? And so we, so we both talked about it and circled around on a guy who, you know, has a, a history in the military, probably like training marine mammals for combat, has seen his friends die, has seen a lot of his animals die, has been through it and has worked for an establishment that doesn't care about the animals that he trains. and. And, you know, is willing to let them die to advance their research or advance their agenda. And so, like, this is real. It was like, that could be a real person. And he wouldn't be. I mean, I get to have fun with Bryce. I get to tease her. I get to have fun with Hoskins. And I have this sort of, like, smart-ass attitude that is kind of, uh, you know, allows for it to not be a stiff performance or not a stiff character. Like, he has fun. He makes fun of people. makes fun of uh, his, you know, Claire, his love interest. But when, all, when it's all said and done, he... He takes him... His job very seriously
4: He's also not the guy That like The guy that's been Presented in the trailers Is like you know, You're gonna need My raptors And like all that stuff. like <laughs> that's not A line in the movie And like we're gonna Do this my way Or the, whatever they put In the trailer the, yeah. My, that this, you didn't that's really not in any, the movie You didn't have any Input no. over well, the tra- No I mean You know the, 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 I do And yet they still Come to me and say Like we need him If he doesn't say You know We're doing this My way or the highway Then no one's gonna Come see your movie I'm like oh, <sighs> fuck
1: Okay Really no <laughs> well, one? Are you sure at all yeah. <laughs> Never know if they were right <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) We'll never know. We'll never ever know. Uh, It's 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 absolutely true. (laughs) But it is sort of hard when they're like, well, I mean, you know, because I guess it is it is a small compromise to make. Like, well, fine, you know, at least look, the movie will speak for itself. It will, and you know, but it is, you know, they they very much, you know, the the
4: the fact that the Raptors, you know, are somewhat, you know, become. I don't want to say militarized, but used to like hunt down this creature. That's not his idea. That's the bad guy's idea. Sure. And so but the the idea that it would be his, you know, it paints a totally different picture, picture of a of character, character, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet marketing is like, no, 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 we're going to we're going to need people to think this is his idea. I'm like, but it's not. That's lying. I we're going to need people to go ahead and think
3: it's well, to the... too complicated to sell the Yeah, idea exactly. In yeah, it's like
4: it's but just like throw him on a motorcycle, like we get it, we're going, and then right. yeah, the the odd thing is like, look, when they go see your movie, then they'll realize it doesn't suck. And yeah. then you're, that's you're, the still gonna to, you're still going to get
1: tweets from people that are like, um, "I came to see the movie for the highway," and yeah, I see <laughs> like, the highway I so he clearly did not. <laughs> not do it yeah. his way or the highway at all. There wasn't really like, yeah. one highway. I don't understand. You know, highway <laughs> enthusiasts.
2: Like when the <laughs> National Treasure trailer said this dollar bill there's trying, to, bill tell trying to tell me something. something's
1: not in the movie. But it wasn't in the movie. Yeah. but it was the in the trailer that got me to see the movie. Right, right. I'm that's curious to know. You talked about your clown for a second, which is a great way to frame that kind of defensive comedy. Armor that, yeah, uh, that com- that
3: that comedy people have, and yeah. so I really borrowed that term from Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman is the one who sort of like helped
1: me. Uh, you need to that explore, explore the depths of your clown, <laughs> Nick Offerman. The, the
3: clown. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> was that kind of your like? Was that persona your Trojan horse into this, or is? is it the other way around? Like, it feels like, you know, you kind of came here. It was
3: like a Trojan horse inside of a Trojan horse. Yeah. Whoa! Uh-huh. Trojan horse-ception! Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like <laughs> Inception 2! <two. laughs> Inception 2! Trojan horses! A triple Trojan! We go back to the Trojan Wars! Wait, what? What? In Why? the trailer, there's three Trojans! Yeah. No one's been to the fourth Trojan. Like, yeah. getting to the fourth Trojan is like... The...
3: It's uh, on an atomic level. <laughs> if you can split the final Trojan.
1: I know, I'm, I'm go ahead. You have to go do a bunch of more, a few more interviews, but before you go, just really quickly, like where where did that where did that armor come from? What was it about? Because it all it all goes back to childhood, and so yeah. what what thing in childhood kind of made you go, oh, I got to armor up, you know? To, laughter, to- laughter,
3: laughter, making people laugh, making people feel good, in like as a survival mechanism, you know, uh, deflection, d- making people laugh was like. My way into my brother and all of his friends, uh, my dad, uh, just people in my life. Is your brother older? My brother's three years older, was like popular and cool and laughed, loved, and was like, you know, and my sister too. We all laughed our asses off, but it was like that's, that was how you got, that was our currency in our family, in our household, because we didn't have any money, you know, and, and like, we were broke, broke, and but we still laughed. You know, we could still. If you could make your dad, if I could make my dad laugh, then I felt like I was. That was me getting A's. You know what I mean? Was was getting laughter. And so the the the, the clown that I developed was like very straight faced, dumb guy, asking questions and getting other people, not anyone in my family, because I think they understood that I wasn't an idiot. But maybe my dad didn't, because I think it was like a, <laughs> it was a way that I would actually kind of. It it was a way I kind of protected myself and all my siblings, probably from my dad a little bit. Was I would look him in the eyes and say things that were so completely stupid that it would leave him baffled, and he'd really believe that I thought the things that I was saying, and 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 he would just like it would make him so mad, and it was like taking power, you know, it was taking power away from from him. He was like you know strong, tough patriarch type of old school guy. Would have been yelled to your mother, we got a real idiot over here. Yeah, she's like, what the fuck? Lorraine, you have a kid who acts like that. Yeah, don't, yeah.
1: just bringing it back around. Well, again, also uh, congratulations on everything, and you're a, a super sweet dude, and and also your pledge of allegiance video is like, is he trying to get all of America to <laughs> fuck him because they're just going to put you on the flag at this point? Yes, like it's, I'm in fifty I'm in. little prats, fifty little just prats, just little fifty. <laughs> great, the prats and stripes. Yeah, I like it. Uh, but thanks for coming on. Dude. I know it's I know it's super swamped. The, and I'm, I'm
2: i the, they're gracious enough to let me go to the premiere night, so I'm very excited.
3: Are you going? Oh, yeah, cool, I'm going. That'll so be I'm awesome. I'm
1: excited to. Cool. I'm so excited. To see Everyone, go
2: see this movie in 3D. It's a good conversion. That's what Colin told me. Yeah, that's the sale. Yeah, it's a good conversion. It sounds like it's, it's such a mathematical.
1: Colin said it was a good his conversion way or the highway. I'm just saying, if you're in your
2: town, you have an option. See it in 3D. Go see a conversion. <laughs> go see a good. <laughs> that sounds exciting.
3: No, kids love conversions. This is the truth. This is the truth. What the first movie did. Was made computer-generated, you know, animation look better than it's ever ever had before. Like it it looked kind of bad before, or it was stop motion. Like the dinosaurs looked amazing, and that was the reason. That was something that we we saw uh, we saw these dinosaurs birthed essentially on screen, and that was really captivating. I think this movie does does something with. Making these dinosaurs look so real, and especially in three D, that you you kind of look you'll you'll be able to watch. It's going to be one of those movies that, and when, when it comes on, you're not going to be able to turn it off forever, and it's going to be on whatever platforms, TV, cable. You know, oh, it's movies. one of these
2: movies I'm flipping through. It's on, yeah, Spike, it's I'm on. You're going to you're going your
3: s- to stop and watch it, but you're not going to get to watch it in the type of three D that is the very best three D, and mm-hmm. that's IMAX, and that's like in your movie theater. And I think you. You're always going to love it, but you're going to you're, – you'll kind of be missing out if you don't see it in 3D, I think.
4: I felt it – I saw it last night at the, the IMAX Chinese Theater here, which is the best movie projection, the best presentation of a movie I've ever seen in my life. This new laser projection they have. Uh, it's insane. Uh, and I went and saw it last night with the with the crew. We had a crew screening. And even I, I'm pretty familiar with the movie, uh, You know, have these moments where I'm like,
3: shit, this is awesome. <laughs>
4: you know? And like you, you know, when he's riding on the motorcycle with a rat, there's just like these moments of like exhilarating childlike. This is – Rad! This is awesome. (laughs) And uh, that to be able to even provide a couple of those moments uh, is is very thrilling.
1: Well, uh, also uh, very inspirational. And having read some stuff about you and, and I know you'd audition for other big movies and then just felt like, oh, I don't have it. I don't have that thing that you're supposed to have. I think you're a testament to like, well, you don't always know that, you know, and if you just keep, your, if you just keep work hard and keep your head down and be nice to people and stay focused, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out. Oh, thanks, man. So thank you for being here and congratulations, Colin. Thanks, man. Uh, and I will, I'll see you guys tonight probably, yeah. I guess. Let's get dressed Well, maybe up. not literally. It'd probably be maybe
3: pretty good. we see crazy. you or Peter. oh my god you gained 40 pounds today i I did it i did it for 12 years i feel like i proved it wow oh god enjoy your burrito all
2: right thanks see
1: you
3: guys thank you now leaving nerdist.com enjoy your burrito